0: This is SAFM, the South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Brad Brown, and it's time for half an hour of non-stop sporting action. SAFM Sports Wrap. Coming up on this evening's show, we'll head to Zimbabwe, where we'll chat to Dean Duplassi about uh, some niggly issues going on around contracts with the Zimbabwean cricket team ahead of the Cricket World Cup. We'll also hear from Belil Mbule, who was in Equatorial Guinea last night with uh, those chaotic scenes. And uh, speaking of which, the Equatorial Guinea Football Federation has fined or has been fined US dollars following the crowd violence that disrupted their 3-0 loss to Ghana in the second semi-final of the AFCON last night. The disciplinary panel of CAF also ruled that Equatorial Guinea will play their next game behind closed doors in camera and without spectators. However, it suspended the third and fourth place playoff uh, or the decision for the third and fourth place playoff, according to the statement. If a repeat of identical incidents during tomorrow's match occur, they will automatically impose the sanction to be played uh, behind closed doors in Equatorial Guinea's next official match. Meanwhile, the Ghanaian coach Avram Grant was impressed with the way his young team handled themselves last night.
1: Also in life, to know when things are not going well, to look for solution and uh, not to give up. This is very important. And uh, I saw it in my players from the first day of my stay. But as I told you before, I didn't know them so well, so I didn't know how to pick information and everything. And I must say they did it very, very well. They show a lot of mental strength in very difficult situation. And uh, I think also they show uh, to the people in the country that there is a group of players that they can count on them and enjoy from them.
0: Bad news for Sergio Ramos. He's torn his left hamstring and looks uh, likely to be sidelined for up to six weeks. He limped off the field in the eighth minute in Real Madrid's hard-fought 2-1 win over Sevilla on Wednesday. On to some rugby news. The Blitzbocker are through to the Cup quarterfinals. The Wellington Sevens, which is the fourth leg of the HSBC World 7 Series. Neil Powell's charges started uh, their chase for a third title in the series on the trot with a shock 22-5 defeat to France. They then went, uh, went on to defeat Japan 24-7 and needed to beat the USA by five points to edge the French on points difference. They ended up downing the Eagles by 26 points to 14. Says Neil Powell speaking after day one in Wellington.
2: Yeah, definitely a tough day. I think uh, obviously not not a great first two games and then a lot of character and fighting spirit showed in that in our third game. So really proud uh, proud of the guys on so how they came back in that third game and, and made us qualify for the quarter final. We had to beat America by five points and they did exactly that.
0: The Blitzbokker face Kenya in the quarters. South Africa lead that World Series after three rounds, and the top four teams on the standings at the end of the series will automatically qualify for the 2016 Rio Olympics. In other rugby news, the uh, Crusaders suffered their third straight preseason defeat when they lost to the Reds 35-12 today. Defending Super Rugby champions the Waratahs down the Chiefs 38-36. In cricket news, there are two Momentum One Day Cup clashes taking place right now. One in Newlands, Cape Town. And the Dolphins 231 for six against the Cape Cobras. That after they won the toss and chose to bat, two and a half overs left there in the innings. And the Titans 304 for five with 4.2 overs still remaining against the Warriors. In World Cup cricket news, there seems to be some issues brewing for both Zimbabwe and Pakistan off the field. The Zim squad almost missed their flight to New Zealand because of arguments over payments for the tournament. The group eventually flew out to New Zealand without signing contracts, and further negotiations are expected. Meanwhile, the Pakistan boards also dealing with contract issues of their own. The board announced earlier this month it would extend existing annual contracts for another three months only, apparently wanting to give the next set of long-term contracts on the basis of performance during the Cricket World Cup. But the players, including skipper ul Haq, have refused to go along with a makeshift agreement. In tennis news, the South African Fed Cup team are looking pretty good. They caused a major upset yesterday in the Europe-Africa Zone Group 2 tournament. They beat hosts and favourites, Estonia 2-1, and I can tell you they're up against Bosnia-Herzegovina right now, and they are one love up in that as well. On to some golf news. Lee Westwood has maintained the pace at the Maybank Malaysian Open. The defending champions on an 11-under and shares the lead with Alejandro Canizares as Graham McDowell slips back to 8th. Nick Dye reports. Westwood says he was 10 to put on a sweater because it was so cool with the cloud cover he's in a great frame of mind, singing songs to himself before and during the rounds determined to stay that way comfortable despite the heat, happy knowing his record of playing well here a second round 67 showed some excellent control, while it was the putting of Canizares which saw him to a round of the week 65 and keeps him in the form shown in Qatar two weeks ago They're three clear of Bernd Wiesberger, who's enjoyed prominent finishes at each of the recent Desert Swing events. McDowell's not badly off, but glad of the birdie at the penultimate hole, which means he'll resume at five under par. That's Nick Dye reporting from the European Tour. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll take a look at what happened to Guinea last night. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, as mentioned at the top of the show, at least five Ghanaian fans were slightly injured by stones and bottles and other objects that were thrown at them by home fans during that 3-0 win over Equatorial Guinea in the 2015 AFCON second semifinal at the Estadio da Malabo last night. About 500 Ghanaians flew from Accra on chartered planes to watch their team and were put into a section on the side of the stadium away from the rest of the 15,000 capacity crowd. When their team went 3-0 up, the celebrating Ghanaians were pelted with a rain of missiles Else. The Ghanaian fans forced open a gate at the bottom end of their section and spilt onto the playing area, uh, massing behind one of the goals. This caused the match to be halted for over 30 minutes. SABC sport journalist Lilian Mbule was at the match and spoke to some of the African and European journalists who witnessed the unfortunate scenes last night.
3: Peter Hofstede, African football media. Um, It's, I think it's a great pity because, like we've had, if you want to call it, one hour of madness. That's going to take away everything else that this competition has achieved. Great football, reasonably good organisation, and I think where everybody, unfortunately, and I'm going to say, especially in Europe, is probably going to focus on this
2: now. But. When you look at what is happening, do you think it's a situation that could have been averted? Is something that was long coming? Well, I mean, the first
3: thing is I'm not quite sure how people are allowed to bring bottles into stadium. That's one thing. And, and you know, and they were throwing rocks. People actually threw rocks. Somebody showed me a plate that they'd thrown, you know, a, 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 a proper plate. So these things should be controlled. Um, and and the control at the gate incoming is already a problem. Mm-hmm. A proper sanction for this? Uh, very. I mean, I mean, they're going to. Uh, I think if it wasn't the host nation, I think they'd be in danger of being thrown out, you know. But obviously, it being the host nation, they're not going to do that, I would think. But it's. I think they're going to come down very heavy on, on Equatorial Guinea, especially given that they've just been fined previously. Think of
2: this whole thing that has just happened. I'm Godfrey, a journalist with uh, AllSports.com in Ghana. I think it's a sad end to what was proving to be a real fist of football at this AFCON. We had complained about the lack of facilities, but we've all those things and uh, just concentrated on the football. But today, I think that a host nation that was awash in a certain level of false confidence felt that they were owed an AFCON final and decided to misbehave. That was what it was, pure holingganism from a group of individuals who probably do not understand football as well as they think they do. Do you think this sums up the state of football and the state of this country? I think so. I think uh, it's a fair reflection because uh, th- there's a certain level of entitlement, and from what you saw on the pitch, players at the least contact felt that they needed to win a foul. They felt that we are hosting this Afcon, we need to get to the final, we need to win it, not because we are the better team, but simply by the virtue of the fact that we are hosting it, and you need to favour us. And I think that the players for Equatorial Guinea contributed to what happened today by their you know by their reactions to the calls of the referee, not all of them were good. But I also felt that there was just too much reaction, which led to the incendiary scenes we saw that has led to these disgraceful scenes that I think has not just shamed Equatorial Guinea, but has shamed the biggest flagship tournament on African football. What should be the proper sanctions for this? Well, I think that CAF need to make a big statement. They did so with the Tunisian referee, and uh, they did so with Tunisia's FA as well. I think that they need to send a bigger message. It is true. Equatorial Guinea came forth and saved Africa, but that does not mean that they are excluded from punishment. CAF need to send out a big message that says that we do not tolerate hooliganism in our game. And and lastly, one has to commend your boys as well. This was supposed to be their night to celebrate making another Afcon final, and they were calm throughout this. They kept their composure, Um, at at, at a point I was a bit afraid for them, the bottles were coming in, but in the face of all the aggression, in the face of all the hostility, I'm happy that they kept their count, and even better, nobody was injured on their pitch, which is even better for us as we go into the final, but we will also be a bit worried because the psychological effect of this leading to a big final against a team as strong as the Elephants, one will only wonder if it will not have an impact on the team.
1: My name is Fifi Taki. I'm a spokesperson for the IU family, and I'm a journalist as well. Um, These this are very, very ugly scenes here. Um, um, CAF, you know, has its problems, but they have to look at this again. Um, I don't think that the third place should even take place. They have to be bound immediately. Because you and I were in the press box together, our security and safety uh, was was in was in danger. The Ghanaian supporters had to break through and come by. Uh, the police had to aid them and come through the stadium, and that, that halted uh, play about uh, thirty or forty minutes. That that is very very bad for African football. Um, officiating was, was was okay. The referee was very very bold to have taken that penalty in front of the Osasuna's home crowd. That, that that was a very good refereeing for me, but. Um, it's, it's all over now. We are looking forward to uh, to play Ivy Coast on Sunday. And God willing, hopefully, I, I pray that Senegal 92 will not repeat itself. We'll beat them hands now.
2: Congratulations on, on making your ninth final. Thank you very much. Yes, well. but uh, psychologically, how do you think this will have... This will work on the boys.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't think at all. I don't think that psychologically will have any effect on the boys at all. Because these are boys that can play under pressure. These are boys that play in Champions League, play with Dortmund, Bayern Munich, and Co. And you know that they have that, the world the Dortmund stadium is. It's about 40,000 capacity stadium. It doesn't come close to this crowd. As we speak, now the helicopter is flying away, flying, flying, flying out, it's trying, try, trying to make sure that every, everything is fine here. We will we'll play the final. And it's not about pressure the boys will deliver they they know what is at stake for them and uh, we'll put all that happening behind us in uh, in the world cup and then we'll we'll we we'll, we we'll get there on sunday
4: hi my name sam crocker i'm a freelancer but mainly for working for espn um today i think we saw one of the uh, i don't even know how to describe it it was it was the most extraordinary thing i've ever seen on football pitch i thought I thought, I was at the game between Ecuador against and, and Tunisia, and I said after that match that was the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen, but this this trumps it. Um, the sight of the Ghana fans on the side of the pitch, sort of leaning on the advertising hoardings, uh, you know, practically falling over as they get paired with bottles, it's an extraordinary scene. Um, I mean, I actually, I mean... CAF you know, stopped the match and then decided to replay it I actually think that was probably quite a good decision because mm. if, if they stopped the match people were ready to riot in their, uh, Like the, the the feeling from the fans every time they got told to calm down they would throw more bottles we saw
2: the power of social media as well as much as the TV cameras were not showing the uh, through picture I
0: saw most, some of your tweets as well Yeah. and uh, what do you think this picture is going to show about African football oh, it's just the same old stuff really isn't it I
4: mean all the newspapers in Europe will jump on this like as soon because it's another hilarious incident from Africa. Um, it's sad because, you know, as a journalist, I work for a lot of European publications. No one's interested in match reports, but as soon as something like this happens, people are going to earn loads of commissions off it. And um, it just perpetuates the same old images, sadly. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of inclined not to report on it as a, as a journalist because I think it's just uh, it's Africa doesn't Africa doesn't need this. It's been some excellent football this tournament and it's been absolutely brilliant. And, I know, it's just going to be ruined by stuff like this.
0: That was Sam Crocker, freelance football journalist on the continent, closing the interview with Vlile Mbule. And $100,000 fine. Third and fourth place playoff will be played in front of a crowd. We'll keep an eye on that tomorrow, and we'll have live crossings to it for you here on SAFM. What if
2: there were ideas that worked to detect wildfires from space and issue automatic warnings to prevent destruction? Or made the invisible visible by detecting electricity leaks on power lines using a camera? Or launched smaller military boats from bigger vessels on the move to stop pirates that plunder? What if these technologies already exist and are making a difference to South Africans every day? Find out more about ideas that save, innovate and protect at CSIRideasthatwork.co.za CSIR, our future through science. The SA Post Office is back to full operations despite irregular disruptions which are tightly managed. Through our strong physical delivery network, the SA Post Office enables customers to communicate with their end customers. We are appealing for support and assure our customers of our commitment to serve you reliably as we recover from this period. Making SA Post Office your number one service provider. The SA Post Office.
4: We
0: deliver whatever it takes. Hi, I'm Brad Brown, and I'm a sports addict. If you are too, join me every Saturday and Sunday afternoon for SAFM Sports Special. Right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM sports rap you tune into SAFM South Africa's news and information leader and uh, we chatted earlier on this week about the South African cycling championships that are taking place in Pumalanga this week in Mbombela and uh, we also chatted to Daryl Impey who won the elite men's time trial I can't tell you that uh, Ashley Mouan Pasio won the ladies elite time trial but there's more to it than just the elites uh, there's also a whole bunch of paracycling that's been going on the first couple of days and a lot of uh, the age group is racing today and we joined once again by Hendrik Wagner Hendrik welcome on to uh, SAFM sports rep thank you so much for your time uh, still a couple of days to go big racing tomorrow but uh, today was another success
5: thank you very much and good afternoon to everybody yeah I think uh, today again was a very great success uh, of all the blessings that we received uh, and we only could we look at the weather the a little bit of chase this morning was actually quite a nice day. Cloudy and cool, and this afternoon the sun came out, and beat us again into the top, uh, but not like yesterday. That I could promise you.
0: Hendrik, we're producing some, some amazing athletes uh, on the elite side of things. I think of Daryl, I think of, of Ashley. But uh, from an age group perspective, we've got some, some world-class age groupers that, that we're racing this weekend, and particularly today as well.
5: Yeah, especially we have today a guy here that will third uh, in his age group uh, on Monday he will be 80. Uh, so that is something for us to think about, uh, uh, what age do you want to stop? And then we've got quite a few that were 75, 79 in that age group and more uh, in uh 70 to 74 age group. So we can just carry on and on.
0: Yeah it's it's incredible that uh, we we do have uh, I mean from those age group perspectives it's it's absolutely amazing looking ahead to tomorrow the the men's elite road race and uh, the ladies elite road race taking place uh, the whole championship wraps up on Sunday with more age group but uh, the elites need to move on to the, the continental African champs that take place in Maritzburg next week. But let, let's look at the ladies and, and the men's race. The men go off pretty early tomorrow morning. Daryl Impey has never won uh, a road title, uh, a South African national road title. He's hoping to do the double, but his hands are going to be full tomorrow. It's a, it's, a, it's a very good field.
5: He will have his hands full, that's I could promise you. If you look at uh, the MTN in- Quebec team, they've got four riders here, as well as a feeder team although it's an individual event, the championships, uh, but uh, there's uh, quite a few guys from the other teams that could work together and that all stands on his own. So yeah, he will have his, his hands full tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think some of the names to look out for, Louis Mankis uh, Reinhard Janssen, Van Rensburg, it's going to be a fantastic race. And the ladies race tomorrow, I mean, Ashley Wilmot-Passier is just in, in a class of her own. She should pick up the double tomorrow afternoon, Hendrik.
5: Uh, that's for sure. If uh, nothing strange happened mechanical or casual, and that we didn't wish for anybody, uh I think Ashley is certain for to have to just see again over the shoulders tomorrow afternoon.
0: And There's uh, lots, lots at stake. I mean, both. Uh, I mean, if you think of whoever wins it, and, and Ashley's obviously racing in Europe for the men, there'll be lots of, of South Africans racing, particularly with MTN Quebec, are racing in the Tour de France. Whoever wins that national jersey tomorrow gets to wear it on the international stage uh, in international races.
5: If you look forward to uh, the Tour de France, those, those five names that we mentioned down here, uh, it's a possibility that all five of them could be in the Tour de France, and one of them definitely will be desperate to wear that jersey uh, in, in the whole Europe season from now on so it's actually a proud and everything that will went into the race for tomorrow morning it's uh, a world to win and I think after last year bad luck on the line that will impede something to prove.
0: Yeah he's, he's also a fantastic rider, right? and, and yeah, it'll be a, a, fitting, a fitting sort of start to see if he can win the double. And then just finally, Hendrik, these SA champs to, to put together, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Would you say this one's been one of the best ones yet? I mean, I haven't heard of any issues. It, it sounds like it's run pretty smoothly.
5: Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, all the comments so far back uh, and uh, support that we will receive from Penny Pinchers and from the local Mondella uh, municipality and the Molanga government. Uh, the traffic, everything, you can't believe it, how everybody works together. For Easter tomorrow, the road will be closed from the N4 down to the uh, uh, intersections. And, and, and it's unbelievable that you could take uh, those uh, entrances from, the, from a national road. And that will be done by the, the traffic department here tomorrow morning. So we can't just say thankful a lot for them to make it possible for us.
0: I think that's also a very important point to, to remember. If you are going to be in that part of the world tomorrow, just do bear in mind that there will be road closures around uh, the men's and ladies' uh, elite road race. And, Wagner, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Trap. Good luck for tomorrow. We look forward to, to keeping an eye on the action. We'll have all the results tomorrow afternoon here on SAFM Sports Special. Thank you very much, Albert. SAFM. Sports Wrap. This is SAFM and as mentioned in our sports bulletin at the top of the show, issues off the field ahead of the ICC Cricket World Cup uh, contract issues for Pakistan but also for Zimbabwe and I thought, you know what, let's get our Zimbabwean Cricket, uh, cricket Correspondent on the line, Dean Duplessis. Uh, it's been a while, nice to chat again but uh, yeah, these things sort of tend to rear their ugly heads ahead of big series and big tournaments and it's happened again.
6: It has happened again, Brad. And the the, the amazing thing is that everything, it it seems to be happening before a major event. You may remember, I mean, this is very reminiscent of of what happened back in the the 2003 World Cup when uh, Andy Flower and Henry Longer decided to take matters into their own hands and play armbands, well, and Rutgers as well. But then, uh, forget about that. Uh, Also back in 2011, Zimbabwe came back into the test arena the day before the test match started between Zimbabwe and Bangladesh, Setenda title reviewed, reviewed, uh, you know, said to the whole world that um, they were still waiting for outstanding money. And it caused a whole heap of trouble with the players, with the officials, uh, and all sorts of crazy things happened. So they do seem to, when there's a problem, they do seem to time it uh nicely for them and not so nicely for the cricket fans and for the white cricket in particular before they before they pull out of the bag and, and you know you know potentially cause about a couple.
0: Dean, this one for me doesn't, doesn't necessarily sort of relate to outstanding payments. For me, this is with regards to what they, they are going to get paid. And, and, and what I've read, there are four senior players in the squad that are, are, are going to be getting $70,000 as, as an appearance fee. And the rest of the squad getting half of that. And, and it sounds like the rest of the squad's not happy with it.
6: Yes, um, I mean, if that is true, um, you'll probably get those four players. I, I, would, I would say that there would be Hamilton Masakata, uh Prostler, uh, Alton Chikambura, and um, it may be Brendan Taylor, but you would maybe lean more towards, um, you know, sort of one, one of the other more senior players. And if that is the case, I mean, you, I suppose you can understand the other players, you, you put everything in, uh, and, you know, we're trying the level best not, not to be looked after as nicely as the senior players do. I mean, I understand that and in, in every team, I suppose the senior players do have, um, you know, first rank or whatever. But the, the, the point here in Zimbabwe is that it, it's so blatantly done. And uh, there's such favoritism amongst other players. You know, for example, players not being happy with other players. Um, Kafur "I should never have gone to the World Cup because you remember that his his bowling action was going to be illegal." but he went through all the tests, and now he's not even an Oxford in, anymore. He just into a medium pace, and he's going to be cannon fodder, even for the weaker teams. The reason why I'm slightly diverting is because uh, itself. That the reason why is in the fact that because of the influence he has over the officials in the Zimbabwe cricket um, lineup. You know, the former coach. Um, chairman,
0: etc.,
6: and these these officials tend to look after the senior players considerably better than what
0: uh, the rest of the team looks after. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's not a great situation to be in. Dean, I'm just hoping this is uh, a sort of scenario that that could play out. But Zimbabwe could possibly play the opener against South Africa and uh, touch wood they they uh, say they, they they beat us. But let, let's hope it doesn't happen. But they beat us and then second second match of of the the sort of pool. They they say we're not playing. We want more money, and and that would then gift whoever they they're supposed to play points. So if if they're going to walk out, let's hope they do it against uh, South Africa and give give us the points. <laughs> 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 well,
6: absolutely uh, for for your sake. Oh, that's another scenario. Uh, the price, look, I think there's a, biggest, uh, chance of, chance of iPads, a bigger chance of me getting my eye or a bigger chance of me getting a contract as a as a full time. But anyway. Well, people, surprised a we'll have a surprise, whatever, South Africa. Uh, so you, see, you can beat the world best. We told you we could do it. Now
0: give us some money or we'll be here you on know, an extended holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting indeed. But uh, you do have a, a coach that, that you've brought in who's, who's got some pedigree. Uh, Dave Watmore, who's, who sort of helped Sri Lanka back in, in 1996, uh, that bodes well. And, and who knows, he, he could work some miracles with uh, with the Zimbabwe team.
6: Um, yeah, um, the the, the thing that I think was that uh, when they had what more to cover, Sri Lanka were already beginning to make big splashes in the pool. The only problem was that they weren't really, you know, they could get to finals of like the Charger tournament and, and so on and so forth. And they're allowed very hip, you know, and sober uh, and then they're going to see uh, that and Mahanama to do matches for them. But then what more did was reinstall belief in the rights of Sanatya and Syria and which Kazitharana and so on. And that was the difference. The the team started to play together and gel very, very nicely. Um, So, you know, in a very short time, he transformed him from a bunch of talented amateurs to a world-beating side. Whereas, um, you know, Zimbabwe at the moment, unfortunately, there's not anybody who is consistent enough. You know, although there is talent, absolutely there is talent, but there's not that real class for that one. And another thing, quickly, another thing is that, you know, almost 50 years ago, so what that what was I found it was the most in the world at the moment from a trading point of view. I just wonder whether, you know, um you would able to basically weave his matches because I mean everybody in life has a short life, be it a player or a coach, you know? I just wonder how the mother could get managed to you and such a, a vast experienced coach into their net. you know, I mean you just wonder whether he didn't come relatively cheaply and that he's maybe part of his shelf life.
0: Yeah, interesting, interesting thoughts there. Dean, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, not the greatest of lines from Zimbabwe this evening, but uh, yeah, I think we did get the gist of it. And uh, good luck for that opener against the Proteas. and We look forward to, to chatting again soon. Thanks for your time.
6: I look forward to it, Brad. Thank you very
0: much. The
1: exciting UPSA premiership is back. On Tuesday, the Brazilians are at home against Morocco Swallows at Lucas Moripe Stadium. At Heriguana Stadium, the team of choice, Maritzbeck United, take on Beatverse Vats. Then Amatags looks to school the Chili Boys, Chipa United, at Tux Stadium. All these games kick off at half past seven. Tickets available at 40 Rand. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League.
4: I do not choose to be a common man. It is my right to be uncommon, if I can. I seek opportunity, not security. I want to take the calculated risk, to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. It is my heritage to stand proud and unafraid, to think and act for myself, to enjoy the benefit of my creations and to face the world boldly and say, this I have done. I am an entrepreneur. Visit businesspartners.co.za. Business Partners. Investing in entrepreneurs.
0: This is when Marcellus and you all are listening to and enjoying SAFM. Stay with us. Every weekend, SAFM brings you the people at the center of the stories. We give you a clear perspective on national and international events. Find out how on Weekend AM Live from 6 every Saturday and Sunday morning. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, that's just about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Before we go, though, just uh, two quick cricket updates for you. The 50 overs in both those Momentum One Day Cup clashes have concluded. The Dolphins posting 249 for 9 in their 50 against the Cobras uh, at Newland. So the Cobras needing 250 to win there. And the Titans, big, big score. 353 for 5, leaving the Warriors 354 for victory uh, in Centurion. And just to wrap things up, uh, not good news in Formula One. Marussia uh, they host. Of uh, returning to Formula One for the 2015 season. Looks like they've been dashed after rivals blocked the team's bid to use last year's car. F1 Supremo. Uh Bernie Eccleston has been quoted as saying that several teams did not agree to the request and would rather take a share of Marussia's prize money. Marussia fell into administration towards the end of last season but are hoping to return to the Grand Prix series. Uh, With the new season starting in Australia on March the 15th, they don't have time to build a new car and the requested permission for a rule change uh, to use last year's model has been turned down. Katam, another team to go into administration late last year has also failed to find new investors uh, and this week will put its remaining assets up for sale it now appears that the 2015 f1 season will start with just 18 cars that's the lowest number at a season start since 1969 uh, when the season started here in South Africa and that's it for SAFM sports wrap we back again on Monday the PSL radio show second returns with uh, Dwayne DeLocca I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon for SAFM sports special coming up next it is the Friday edition with Kanye right now though it is seven o'clock and time for your news